Hello, 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 and welcome to Canadian Made. My name's Olivia, and each week on this podcast, we go behind the scenes of the Canadian entertainment industry to uncover the stories of how content gets made. This week is all about podcasting. This week on the podcast, I'm joined by Adam Murciano, who is the founder of 911 Podcasts. He's a producer, actor, and most recently, 911 Podcasts have released a spooky fiction podcast called Ice Cream. Now, this was a really fun conversation with Adam talking about how podcasts get made, what inspired him to make them, and I think the power of podcasts to get your story out there. So if you're someone who's written a story, who has an idea, and doesn't have the infrastructure or or the means necessary to create a short film or just know how to get your story out there, podcasting has become a very interesting medium to potentially propel your story into a medium. This is the second series that 911 has produced and they specialize in scripted content. So, you know, he has a lot of tips and tricks for how to start a podcast, what to expect, financing podcasts, marketing podcasts. It's a really great episode. So after you listen to this episode, don't forget to head over to Apple, Spotify to check out his podcast, Ice Cream. So without further ado, let's get into my conversation with Adam. Okay, so I want to talk about podcasting. It's obviously something I hold very near and dear to my heart. And I'm, I'm curious, you know, what inspired you to get started in the podcasting space? So I started a podcast way back in 2013. I think it was with my two friends. I I went to college for audio design and sound design. So they had like a little studio there and I was, podcasting was very like obscure back then. So I was like, you know what, let me just try this little Thing. It was just me and my friends and we did like a talk show, which people do now. I just remember back then there wasn't much competition. So we were getting featured on iTunes and it was so cool, but nobody really knew what it was. And yeah, I don't know. We just did like 10 episodes or something and then we kind of let it go. But I always was fascinated by the fiction podcast because back then there was fiction podcasts as well. And I'm an actor first and foremost. So I was like, I would love to get into the space, but I feel like I'm not, I don't know how or what. And I kind of just let it go. But it wasn't until 2020 when everything shut down that, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't work. I couldn't be on set. I couldn't do anything. I said, what, what can I do next to, to further my career? And this was the next step. And, and two years later, I'm up, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. (laughs) Well, first of all, for those people who haven't heard about your podcast, can you give us kind of the pitch of, uh, of what it's all about? So it's called Ice Cream. And it is a, it's a crazy story. The first episode just came out. It's, it's, it follows this 14-year-old Elgin Foster who goes to visit his father who's newly divorced in Arizona. And he goes with his little brother. And not long after arriving, he starts to witness child abductions from the local ice cream truck man. Now, he just had a concussion. So he's kind of on the edge of, you know, did I see what I saw? I'm not really sure. Like, his dad doesn't believe him. The cops don't believe him. But this neighbor 
who's 15 years old, you know, Olivia, she believes him. She's like, I, I totally understand. You know, nobody questions the ice cream man. You know, everyone, they always, parents check our Halloween candies. Everyone checks, you know, tells us not to ch- talk to strangers. But when it comes to the ice cream, they just throw money in our hand and tell us to go get a rocket pop for them. So they, she understands. And so they start to do their own investigation and what they uncover is very horrifying. And, you know, the first episode just came out and I feel like, it doesn't even describe the show well because it's just the beginning and it's just setting it up. It gets so dark and so twisted and it's not what you think. Like you think, oh, it's just this ice cream truck man abducting kids. No, there is so much more context to it. So each episode gets deeper and deeper and darker. So yeah. oh, amazing. Well, I have to tell you, it's so well produced. Oh, and thank you. Yes. And, and it's spooky. Like uh, <laughs> I was listening to it in my car on the way home and it was already dark. And I was like, Oh, I'm a little, I'm a little <laughs> <scared>. <laughs> um, so congratulations Thank you. because Thank it's, you. it's a tough feat. So I, I want to talk about, you know, the production and how everything came together, mm-hmm. but, but let's first talk about, you know, how you came up with the story, where the story came yeah. from and actually kind of the first steps that you put in motion to get going. Totally. So I just, we just finished our first series called Cascadia, which was an, it's a submarine drama, completely different show. And I was, you know, I'll never forget this. I was outside. I'm from Toronto, so it's very hot here in the summer. And I was outside and I was, I just finished writing season two of it. I was sitting outside just, I was on the last episode and I was writing with my team on, you know, on Zoom and stuff. And I I remember this like blaring, annoying ice cream truck just zooming by. And I was like, Ugh, this is that is so creepy and so annoying. Like they just like, and I just started thinking of the whole concept of an ice cream truck, like how crazy it is. Like I remember like just dropping everything as a kid and running to the ice cream truck. Nobody really like vetting who this man or woman was in the truck. And then you buy this ice cream from a stranger and then they're gone. So I thought that that was really cool that like it's a it's an interesting concept, you know, and and nobody really talks about it or thinks about it. So within a week. I drafted the whole season. It just kind of came out and I kind of took a pause on Cascadia and we recorded this whole show in four weeks. We casted it, we produced it, we made it all in four weeks. It was so fast. So it all came together really quickly. When you first, so you get the script together and then what's your next step to like finding a cast, to finding financing, to making everything happen? So we wrote the script in like I said, I think it was like a week or two, almost two weeks after like everything was done. And then I had to go to Vancouver. So we recorded our first show, Cascadia, in Vancouver. We have a studio there. We have, you know, people that we work with there. So I called my director, Antonio. I said, "Can do you want to do a show? Like, I have this whole script. I have everything ready to go. Do you want to do it? And he said, you're crazy, but okay, let's go. <laughs> and so, I, I mean, I'm lucky because I have so many friends in the acting industry. So I was able to network and stuff but with this show was hard because there's a lot of kids and I don't know kids so I had to go through agents and I had to you know it was it was a very um quick turnaround process but I worked really hard so it it all happened yeah so when you okay so I'm so curious about how you find financing in the podcasting space because I think there is more traditional streams of getting financing that do now totally. podcasts, which is totally. awesome. Uh, but I'm curious, like how you navigate all that. We were lucky with Cascadia, our first show. We got a bunch of sponsors and we actually just got bought out by a French company called Blind Audio, who is buying the rights to the show and dubbing it into a French version. 
for French audience. So between that and then sponsorships, we were, we have like a bunch of money in our like 911 podcasts account, I guess you could say. So I was able to take that money and flip it and make it into a new show and pay the actors and studio time. So I'm lucky with that regard, but I know that there's like a different, there's a, there's lots of different ways of doing it. If you're a podcaster, like you can go through grants, you can go through crowdfunding. There's so many different things, but with this particular show, we were lucky because we, we made money off of Cascadia. So that's awesome. And I think that what's so interesting about the podcasting space right now is that people are seeing it as um, like a, a breeding ground for yeah. future IP in a really interesting way. You know, producers are looking totally. at the show um, and thinking, okay, like, what can I do with that next? It's the wild, wild west still. And there's so many possibilities and it's so cool and so fun and fresh and I love it. I'm so excited. Did you get into podcasting thinking like, I just want to be in podcasting? Or was there like a tiny little voice behind you that was like, well, maybe this show starts out as podcast and it's a great way to get eyes on it, to get oh, yeah. turn into like, I don't know, a TV show. Oh, totally. No, I mean, obviously that's always the end goal. Like that would be so cool for that to happen. But I just don't think I'm ready for that yet. I really just want to build up my network and my, my connections and all these things and just really focus on making good quality shows because that will come if it's meant to be, you know, but right now it's like taking a step forward without doing the work. Right. So you have to build your show and make it good and focus on that. And that's all I can control and have like control over. So um, if it goes there, that's great. But right now I feel like I just want to focus on just audio and building our fan base. And, you know, Cascadia did so well. It was featured on Spotify and, you know, iTunes and all these, all these amazing places, hundred thousand downloads. So, you know, it's, it's to see that success is really inspiring. Cause I'm like, okay, there is people that are tuning in. There's people who enjoy this stuff. Let's, let's keep going, you know? And I think you found a really interesting niche too, in the sense that for whatever reason, people love listening to true crime podcasts. Right? It's crazy. Yeah. And so it's yeah. like you're marrying um, this, you know, true crime too, yeah. thing with, with fiction. But yeah. you know, I think it's so funny as I listen to, as you know, fiction podcasts are becoming more mainstream and bigger. Mm-hmm. I do find it so funny because it, I just, it's, it's a radio play. You it know? totally is. Totally. <laughs> it and totally was, is. So long that we were like, no, we don't care about radio plays. Like we're all on TV, and, and I think it's so weird how we're like craving this return to something that we kind of did in the past. I do think we're doing it better, but it, you know, what do you think that's about? Like, what do you, what do you think audiences are into when they're listening to these fiction podcasts? It's so everything is everything comes back, right? Even with fashion, come everything comes back. With the radio plays, like no disrespect to the old ones, but they were like you know, it was lower quality. They didn't have all the technology that we do today. And so today you can make it super immersive and you can get really sw- like sweeped up into it. And that's some, like something that I take so much time into is the the sound effects and the post-production, because I understand that that's what people want to experience is they want to experience the music and the, and the sound effects and this person walking from the left ear to the right ear and all these little things that make it really special. And so I think it's a cool experience and also it's so unique, right? Like there's, it's not like that, like anything out there today, most, most fiction podcasts, right? So people, I think are just craving something new and different. I don't know. I have no yeah. idea. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good, really good guess. So when you did production, were you also responsible for like the Foley artistry of it? Yes, I, I did the vocal editing. I did the Foley. I did the music. I did 
the acting. I, I'm, I need a nap. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> What's the biggest challenge that you've encountered in the podcasting space? I would say, yeah, I feel like it would be financing at the beginning. It was hard to just pay for everything. And, you know, with the full cast series, there's up to 10 people more actors in the show and you want to pay them for your t- their time even though they're my friends most of them I like that's their time and that's their work I want to pay them and at the beginning it was hard because I, we didn't have money from the first show so it you know I was paying out of pocket and then hustling and trying to get those sponsorships and it's just that I wish it was more sm- the smoother way to get the financing like we talked about before but I think other than that it's pretty simple. I've been very lucky with both shows. The other thing is that I'm a perfectionist. So I will work like 15 hours a day on a, on an episode, like on a scene sometimes. And my parents think I'm crazy, but it's just, it's the perfectionist in me. And I'm trying to let that go and like, let things be like, okay, that's good enough, you know? And so that for me personally, that's like a harder thing for me to just, everything has to be like tweaked and I don't know. So there's always something. (laughs) Yeah, it's and it's endless, right? You can endless. You, could it, yeah. you could do it for a week, totally. um, and there would it would still never be perfect. <laughs> Done. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so, in terms of you know marketing your podcast, I think mm-hmm. that's something that's difficult. It's like getting the word out. If you're especially, I think if you're in the podcast space, it's a little bit easier to maybe reach out to people in the space and and find yeah. a community. But, you know, what do you, what's, what's your pitch to your, you know, friends and family who maybe don't even like really aren't in the podcast space yet? So with our first show, Cascadia, it was end of 2021 and we hadn't told anybody about it, anybody. And so I really want to try the technique of just dropping it and seeing like the shock value of just dropping something like so different and so unique and seeing the curiosity of people driving them to the show. And so I just dropped it, dropped the episode, dropped it all on social media and all of our cast did that too. So we have a big cast and then they all have followers, which is really helpful. Right. So that helped a lot. And then once like Spotify picked it up and and Apple picked it up and all these places are picking up, that's when everything started to spiral. So that was really cool because again, we just dropped it and all that shock value just drove everyone to the episode and everyone tuned in. And because of that algorithm, the platforms noticed, oh, this is a show that's being popular. With ice cream, I want to try the opposite. I want to try like a more, like a bigger rollout. So we announced the trailer in like the beginning of September and we ever since then we're rolling out with imagery and we did a full photo shoot and we did a bunch of visuals and all these different things that um, helped like roll out the show. And I don't know, I feel like both ways are, they work. So I'm not sure. I was just trying to see which one worked the most, most, but um, they both work and I I enjoy both. So that's kind of how my approach to marketing is, is just kind of build up the excitement or just drop everything and just create excitement regardless of what you do, (laughs) you know? Yeah, it's it's really interesting, and um, it, it, it's something that it's so hard to know what's going to work in the right yeah. moment. You can just have captured like the perfect thing at the perfect moment, and you yeah, never exactly. know when you put it out into the world. And so it's exactly. it's always like a little scary, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was like, maybe this won't work. Maybe people will hate this. Like, I have you have no idea, and but all you can control is doing the best work that you can do and and focus on your stuff and then just that's all you can do you know Mm -hmm. so 
And the people yeah. will come. <laughs> people will come, hopefully. If people are listening and they're curious about the podcasting space, can you give any like tips and tricks about how to get started um, mm-hmm. in podcasting and some of the hurdles that you know you're likely to face? Really focus on your writing and on the script because that's where it starts, right? Like everything else can come if you have like I feel like the script is the foundation. Um, because with this space, you don't have lighting guys and camera guys, like there's not those elements. It's, it's literally the story. So if you just have a really solid script and I feel like everything else will come and, you know, with Cascadia, the first show, we were writing the script in the studio. We were kind of like all over the place. And it was like, I was like, okay, with ice cream, the next show, we have to have it locked and ready to go. Cause it was just so much easier. We flew by the recording sessions because we knew the story, we knew the script and it was all there, you know? So I would say, yeah, focus on getting your script as perfect as possible. There's always gonna be changes, but as perfect as possible. And you know, the story and then, yeah, take the time to, to, to really do good casting as well, because that's the next step is getting good actors and people who can help you tell the story. And there's a lot of actors who would work for free. So if you could pay them, that's great. That's, you know, preferred, but if you, you know, you've no budget, then people would, would do it for free too. So. So speaking about the actors, the actor, the acting is exceptional. Really. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you. And so when you went, you know, you mentioned they had a lot of friends, you called in some favors, but then with the kids, I'm curious what the process was like with you going to the agents and saying like, I have a podcast. Like what was the reaction from like the agents and totally the actors? So thank you so much for saying that because all of those actors that I worked with, they worked so hard in the recording studio and they were just, it was like, we were doing eight hours in a day and they were just, they were killing it. We were, I was like, I actually had tears one day because I was so excited to see this thing that I wrote so fast come to life. And they just did it the perfect way I wanted it to be. Um, but in terms of like the kids, they were freaking me out because they were so on the ball. They just came in the studio. They knew their lines. I had my script. I didn't know my line. They knew their lines and they were just so prepared. I was like freaked out a little. But when it came to the agents, like they were kind of reluctant at first. Like they didn't know what it was. They didn't understand really. And when I showed them Cascadia, like luckily we had Cascadia because I can show them like the, like what we did before. So that was easy. But then we worked with two amazing agents at the characters agency and they were so awesome with like helping providing the talent and, and working and scheduling and all these things. So they, they were very good with all that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's sort of what I expected, but I think that it's such an exciting, uh, place to be in and we've seen like recently some pretty big stars totally moving into the podcasting space so it's kind of exciting especially with the batman show that dropped that like took the world by storm yep yep which is just so cool so insane yeah i'm just like i don't know i i don't i know people don't like it when i ask for predictions but like what do you think that this the podcasting space is going to look like for fiction in like in the years to come I have no, it can go either way. Like it could be just like hot right now and everyone's, it's just like the thing that everyone enjoys um, and that could die out or it can just grow and become an, another thing. I, I have no idea. Um, I hope it continues. You know, this is a cool way to tell stories and it's a, it's a cheap way to tell stories. If you, you know, you can do it cheaply, but sound expensive, you know, and it's a great way for creators to, to get their stories out there because not everybody has like me, like I didn't have connections to camera guys and lighting guys and some, I didn't have that. So this was a way for me to tell my stories through this medium. And it's cool because you can, it's the theater of your mind. You can think about the characters and, you know, on our social media, we're very like 
reluctant to show the actors' faces and stuff because we want you to imagine the characters and you know it's like a reading a book. So I hope it continues and I hope it grows. And and I when I see shows like Batman and these bigger networks like like Amazon or you know networks that come in and they do their own shows. Some people don't like that stuff, but I love it because it helps bring more people to the medium and, and discover this medium. So I don't know. Who knows? It's for some people with certain types of skill set, even the, mm. the, the thought of doing a short film that they can put on YouTube is extremely daunting. Totally. And, there's, and, and it's the same way about how I felt getting into podcasting. It felt tangible and it felt like possible. And yeah. so, you know, if you are a writer and you don't really necessarily, I don't know, know the crew members, right. a way for you to get your story out there. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. And like, and also you can, yeah, there's just, it's just such a great way to tell your story through this medium. So I love it. How long have you been podcasting for? Well, this podcast is just about a year old. Okay. Um, but I had a podcast before, so nice. I'm like nice. two years in this. Yes. Movie. Nice. Yeah. And do you like it? I, I love it. I think it's, yeah. I'm sure that you find the same thing where it's like, well, I do mine every week. Right. So I right. take a break in the summer, but I do mine yeah. every yeah, week. Yeah. 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 And, um, so it's, you know, it's a lot of work at every turn where I'm like feeling a little discouraged or feeling a little tired. I have like an amazing conversation with someone or someone gives mm-hmm. me feedback. And so I find it extremely of a gratifying space because you get to make the personal connection. Totally. Well, I'll say I've been listening to your show for a while and I'm very, ins- I get very inspired, especially because you're doing, you're featuring Canadian artists and stuff and what you're doing is great. So thank you. I appreciate you saying that. True. It means so much, doesn't it? When people give you compliments about your show, because it's like, it's like a love, it's like a love letter, right? Yeah. You work so hard on something and you're by yourself most of the time. And then you put it out there and you're like, I don't know who's going to even listen to this. And then when people, when, yeah, when you hear feedback, it's like, oh my God, thank you. I put hours into this. Yeah. (laughs) I like blood, sweat, and tears. Thank you. Yes, exactly. Even like listening, even if you didn't like it, you know, Give me that download. A hundred percent. Just like set it, just like, just give us a follow. Yeah. Automatic downloads. Totally. Just throw five stars on us. Like, please. <laughs> yeah, just please. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So I also want to talk to you a little bit about, about being an actor, because I think mm-hmm. that it's such an interesting thing. And I, something I, you don't know this about me, but I used to be an actor way back in the day. Wow. Okay. In my other life. And, um, <laughs> I'm making it out like I'm like a million years old. Not that old. Um, but it, the thing that everyone said to me at drama school was like, you have to create your own work. You have to yes. find your own thing. And so mm-hmm. when people like you are out there creating this like amazing podcast and amazing content, I'm, I always feel really inspired by that because it's like you went the extra mile. You know, you didn't mm-hmm. just kind of like wait around twiddling your thumbs. You were like, okay, what else can I get out there and do? And mm-hmm. so uh, it's kind of like a tough question, but for those, those actors that are sitting at home, like not sure how they can make their own work. What, what, what would you say to them? Like, what would you tell them to help to get out there? Well, everything happened like a day after 2020 hit my agent dropped me and I was living in Vancouver and I moved out there for him all my family's here in Toronto and I was stuck. I had, I was so emotional, Olivia. I, I, I had no work and I, obviously the world was in shambles. So like, you know, I was, I was safe and stuff. Okay. But it was hard, you know, and I, and I kept on hearing, make your own work, make your own work. But what, what does that mean? Like, I don't have a camera crew. I don't have these, you know, connections and I don't want to film it myself because then it's going to look 
like crap, you know, like you could tell if it's going to like, so I was just, I was very frustrated. And at that moment I was like, I'm done waiting for the call from my agent. I'm done waiting to put, I'm done putting my career in other people's hands. I'm going to make my own work now. I've done this for 10 years. It's, it's enough. Like I can do this, you know? And so when podcasting podcasts were blowing up in 2020, I was like, let me jump into this. And I have so many talented friends. I have so many talented writer friends and directors. We can collaborate during this year and make something special. And that's what we did. And, and now I have an agent and I'm good and stuff. And I love and any opportunity I get for acting. I'm thankful. I'm not saying that at all, but it's just, you know, you have to put your career in your own hands. It's, you cannot just sit around and wait for an audition. It's, it's, it's just going to be a slower process. You may book that job and become, you know, a superstar who knows, but it's, you have to do your own thing. And so I think to answer your question is, you know, if you have those connections, if you know people in the industry, use them, you know, everything is about networking and connections. If you don't create your own stuff, you might be a great cinematographer and can do it. You know, you can rent a camera, you can get a grant, like look into all these things that can help you really further your career because there's so much out there that you can do for yourself. Yeah. And, and when you're looking for those networks of people, like, mm-hmm. do you have certain resources that you use? Like, do you have like groups that you're part of or? Yeah, totally. It's I'm, I'm in a lucky position because I live in Toronto. It's a big city, but there's a lot of like, you know, TIFF parties, Toronto International Film Festival or like actor events and things like that. Just look into all these things. And if you go to like acting classes, your local town or whatever, I'm sure they'll have like acting meetups and all these different things that you can connect with. And there's so many talented people, multi-talented people that even though if your friend's an actor, maybe they're great at directing as well. So you can, you can find things through acting classes and acting coaches and friends and going to events, all these things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A hundred percent. Everyone's got like a couple tools in their toolbox. It seems. Totally. Yeah. And, um, you have to. Yeah. And I always find that when I meet people, I'm like, what do you do? And they're like, I'm an actor. And then like two seconds later, they're like, but I'm directing this short <laughs> right, film that I just right. wrote. And I'm like, well, what? You, you right. should just introduce yourself and tell me everything, everything right. you've ever done. <laughs> exactly. Give me your resume, your IMDb. So I'm curious what's what's next for you. You said you have a second seed, season of Cascadia. Is yes. there going to be more ice cream? Are you going to start new things? Is there is everything horror in your future? Olivia, my brain is on fire. I have so many ideas and so many concepts, which is a good thing. You know, I have so many things. You should see my phone's notes. It's just concept after concept after concept. Um, but the next thing is Cascadia. We were waiting for one of our actresses to finish a project. And then, you know, so Ice Cream is a limited series. The finale, the series finale is on Halloween. So it's just a little Halloween series. Um, but yeah, we're jumping right into Cascadia next. And that will be out in the new year, hopefully. And then no, I don't want to just do horror. I want to do that. We have a sitcom planned. We have a romance and romantic comedy plan. We have so many things planned and I'm just so excited. Apple just approved of us as a network. So we're going to be building our network on there as a podcast network. And I'm just so grateful. I can cry. You know, it's like, I had this really dark moment, like I said, in 2020. And it's like, I took that and I it just made my own stuff with my friends and it's, it's, it's happening. So you just said that you got approved for as a network. Yes. Congratulations. Thank so you. what, what does that mean? Are there other shows that you're going to sweep under your umbrella? I don't know if we're going to take on other shows. I definitely want them to be original stuff, but right now in the works, like we have, we have a, we have ice. So you'll be able to listen ad free on, on there right now. Cause we do have sponsorships on our public feed. So you'll be able to listen ad free. And then we have a new show coming out in, near Christmas called 
unscripted. And I'm basically interviewing all the actors who have been on our series, both Ice Cream and Cascadia, like a one hour kind of sit down, just really getting to know these actors and their journey in the industries, the highs and the lows. So if you're an actor and you're interested in that kind of stuff, definitely come and check that out near Christmas time. It's called Unscripted. And then, yeah, you'll be able to get all the new, the, all the shows on without ads and then all our new stuff coming in the new year as well. So it's very cheap. It's like two bucks and you'll get all this content. So yeah, 911 podcasts. <laughs> Amazing. Well, that's so, it's so exciting to, that you're expanding, that you're growing. You. That you've got more things upcoming. So yeah, well, everyone Thank will you. have to head over and keep keep up with you and follow you, you on Instagram. Your 911 yes. podcasts. You can follow me at 911 podcasts, like the numbers, 911 podcasts, or Adam Marciano, A-D-A-M-M-U-R-C-I-A-N-O. Okay, perfect. And I'll link it in my, okay. In my okay. um, so people are like, I don't know. Yeah. They're like, what? Yeah. Don't worry. And, um, okay. Last question that I ask everybody, can you recommend a piece of Canadian content that you love? And if it's a podcast bonus points, cause this is the episode of podcasts. Can it be music as well? Sure. Or- Okay, so I have one of my good friends, Lee J. Poychuk. He's Canadian, and he just came out with his debut single called Energy. It's on all streaming platforms. You have to check it out. It's very vibey, very dark, very chill. You could check out a my good friend, Joe Diaco. He has a sketch comedy podcast called What the Hey for Millennials. It's, it's a sketch comedy. It just came out today. So go check that out. He's Canadian. He's from Ottawa. And yeah. Wait, that's so cool. Like, how does sketch comedy even work over a podcast? Right? It's all audio. It's all audio. He has, like, little skits in one episode, and there's it's so funny. And it's so well-produced, really well-sound quality. It's like SNL. There's, like, little scenes all mashed into one, and it's all relevant stuff today, and it's good. It's like, yeah, What the Hey Show for Millennials. Oh, my gosh, that's amazing. Okay, well, thanks so much for those amazing recommendations, and thank you so much for being on the show and talking to us about podcasting. Thank you so much, Olivia. It was really good to meet you. Thank you so much for listening. And be sure to leave us a rating and a five-star review. It really, really supports the show. See you next week.